Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And you know, there's a little bit of a little bit of anger in the markets today. Uh, a little bit of uh, action to the downside. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, it was interesting. If you go back and and take a look at the VIX, the VIX from yesterday, and you look at about 2:44 Eastern time. Out of nowhere, the VIX started to rally a little bit. Now, you know, again, that's one of the things we we often talk about here is, you know, when there's nothing going on or if you're not sure what, what you're looking for, you watch the VIX. The VIX is a key component to now the experts or the so-called experts. We'll call it the fear index. But really what it is... When the VIX is falling, what that really means is that there are being there are more puts being sold to open. Okay, the initiation of the order is to sell puts to open, which lowers the volatility because again, then you see that there's not any concern. There's a lot of complacency. You heard us talk about complacency, and of course, that is something that is, you know, when markets get too complacent, you can expect. Uh, you know, a, a spike in volatility at some point. And I think that's, you know, now I'm not going to call yesterday or today a spike, okay? But it is a sign of volatility. Now, Now, one of the, the key indicators that is still missing, which is why uh, we're not overly excited about a sell-off starting here yet, is volume, Okay. Now, volume is another big component. The, the, the key components in markets are uh, uh, obviously price movement. Uh, news is not any of it because news is already priced into the markets, uh, except if it's unpredicted news, which, I, again, that will usually drive markets. But it's volume, volatility, and then the, the pattern. So, again, yes, there is <clears throat> a little concern in the market here, but with the volume where it's at, I wouldn't get nuts and worry. I wouldn't take a big position, you know, uh, trying to, you know, decide that, you know, that the world is coming to an end. I would say this, it would be a little cause for concern, you know, going into a weekend, you know, obviously there is a lot of, you know, uncertainty in the world right now between the trade war talks and the the sanctions on iran and the sanctions on russia so there's a lot of 
there's a lot there's a lot of uncertainty, not from an economic standpoint, you know, not from the account our economy and our stock market, but geopolitical news. So any one of those could create some fear and a sell-off into the market. Uh, and of course, you know, you it's you know, as we talk about markets never announce themselves. And, you know, typically over the weekend, you know, I'm always net long the market, okay? I'm, I'm hedged, but I'm always net long the market. And what that means is that even if I have a bearish tint or I think the markets are going lower, my equity, my long-term portfolio, my 401k, my IRA is always long the market. Now, again, I hedge those, but in theory, I'm always long the market, which is correct. Now, on the weekends, typically from a, a trading standpoint, I will typically go home with a small short position, sometimes sometimes bigger than others, but I'll keep a short a, a short position because again, one thing that I, I do know, and one thing that we talk about here is that we do know the markets go up over time. But again, since I'm a trader, sometimes I want to try to take advantage of the short haul. And since typically the biggest meltdowns are usually on a Monday, okay, uh, or start on a Monday, uh, so to me it's like. You know, yeah, I'm, I, sometimes it's a gamble, sometimes it's not. But I always prefer to be just a tit. And again, I'm not, I wouldn't take major risks to be short. I mean, unless the market's warranted. But I always just take a little bit of a short position just in case. You know, you just never know when, you know, you're going to see uh, an October 19th. I mean, obviously, you'll never see the 1987 again because of the restrictions. But again, the numbers could be big, though. Okay, I mean, again, we could have, you know, uh, a huge a 5% sell-off in, in one day, which was more than the entire index is worth back then. Okay, but my point is, is that so I'm always willing to take a little bit. And the reason that I, that is, is because, you know, if something does happen, if something does go wrong, people have a tendency to fester, to work themselves into a frenzy that the world is coming to an end. Chicken little, chicken little, the world's coming to an end. And then you sometimes see that very big sell-off because, again, you know, the people start lining up those sell orders because they can't wait to get out. They want to be the first out, which is never the right thing to do anyways, which is why I always send, when that does happen, and it doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, that's why I send an email and say, hey, relax, take a deep breath. You need to take a look and see what's going on. And that is exactly why I do what I do, all right? But again, I don't think that necessarily that this rally is over. I still think there's probably an opportunity for new highs. I think you're seeing uh, some sell-off. I know there was a little pressure overnight from some things in Russia and some other things. But again, this is not a, a wholesale sell-off. This is just, you know, a little bit of a panic. And quite frankly, 100 points or 200 points in the Dow is not a big deal one way or the other. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's like, it'd be like Apple going down two bucks. Same thing. Would you be worried if Apple went down $2? I don't think so. So again, I, I think one thing you always just have to remember is to stay away from the emotional challenge because obviously our minds play tricks on us. Our minds force us to do things that we probably shouldn't be doing. 
and again, sometimes we do them without the the self control. And I think that's always something that is very important that you have to remember is to hold off and always before you make a crazy decision or an emotional decision, you need to sit back, take a deep breath, and look at what you're doing and ask yourself, is that the right thing to do? Because again, decisions are made made from emotional circumstances are most of the time wrong. Emotions will lead you to make usually a bad decision. You know, I've asked the question probably a thousand times in this show and just always worth repeating. Have you ever said anything to anybody that you really cared about that you wish once the words came out of your mouth, you could take it back? And that is the problem. Once you've sold, once you've said that, you cannot take it back. So remember, keep your emotions in check. Anything goes wrong, take a deep breath first before and check it out. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, I want to remind you to download the show every day at libertytalk.fm. And don't forget about downloading the Sporting Edge as well, which is uh, on, on the weekend. And, of course, get Bubba's Daily Update, which is available to you for free each and every day after the market closes. I do a quick video, three to five minutes, about what I see, what I saw, what I expect to see. So you're getting tomorrow's newspaper today. All you have to do is go to BubbaTrading.com. There's a little box that'll pop up. No credit card, no, no payment. It's free. BubbaTrading.com. Check it out. We'll be back with more of the Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, the Bubba Show. We're coming right back. Welcome back, my friends. It's the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And uh, so what's our what's our take? What's our collective take on Elon Musk? Okay. What's our collective take on the tweet that sent the stock soaring and then breaking? Now, this is one of the things I talk about a lot. And this is going to, I'm sure I'm going to end up being really pissed off about this whole situation. But now, I hate the, the, the social media for this purpose. This is like electronic green mail. Uh, and I hate when Carl Icahn does it. Okay. Again, I've said that for years. I mean, you know, he goes out and buys a stock and he tweets out that he's buying it. And of course, he gets an immediate pop. Elon Musk wanted to punish the short sellers. Not whether or not he's going to take it private or not, I don't know. But the way he went about it, is is not to me does not conform to regulatory standards now you know i'm not a regulations guy i I don't like the regulatory bodies for this very reason i want to know why they haven't you know exploded into this already you know this is another situation in the meantime there's a congressman that got caught with some inside trading potentially uh not proven yet but i I don't doubt it but i don't doubt it that, that that the most of them do it anyways okay look Let's let's face facts, okay? People are going to trade on information, especially inside information. If you don't think that that the big firms aren't getting in, inside information a lot of times, then you're you're thinking wrong. All right, this is not. You know, I, I go back to uh, February. I think it was February 11th of 2016. Okay, uh, the bottom of the market, and of course, Jamie Dimon bought the dead bottom of the market. You don't think that he heard from Janet Yellen that she was going to do some, some business there? 
uh, you know, again, uh, do I know for a fact? I don't. But I do know for a fact that Janet Yellen did call him on that day. Okay, well, actually, she called the uh, uh, the guy from England and, the, and and Mario Draghi. So, my point is, is that there's always information floating around. Didn't we just have one of the Fed officials who was giving Fed decisions ahead of time to hedge funds? Okay, I mean, do you think that these guys actually don't do anything? Do you, do you think that that uh, that Ben Bernanke got to a big job because he? Was he wasn't helping feeding these guys? I mean, again, I'm not, I can't say it for a fact. I can just say that it's it's awfully funny that some of it has been proven. And, and again, I, I, people are together all the time. People in business, they talk. You know, back in the day, rumors used to be flying everywhere. You know, now they're all electronic. So back to my my Elon Musk bitch. Okay, so he sends out this tweet because he loves to try to punish the short sellers, knowing that it would punish them. Now, the the illegality is is if he did not have the funding in place, okay, that would be a problem. But the other real big thing is is why you know that you know that they allow this to go through, uh, and, and with you know again, now you're seeing the stock sell off, so certainly there could be some issue going to happen. But I want to know why they haven't come down hard on him right away. I mean, you know, this is that that was you know billions of dollars changed hands on that, and I, and and I'll and, and again, I don't know for a fact. I'm only speculating, but you would think that some people knew about the announcement before it came out. You would think that some people might have benefited from that. Now I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but that is the way that things go. And that's why it's always interesting to see the reaction. So whereas you get some little guy who makes one trade and they're all over him. And you get this Elon Musk who's been been trying to torment the short sellers for years anyways. And so far, you know, only speculation and talk. Okay. So, again, this goes back to the whole system, which goes back to why the manipulated markets don't work, uh, why the, the whole situation is, is a scam. And, and that's why, you know, again, this is why I want these trade wars to just work out. I'd like to just see the free market system. Okay. I'd like to see the, the announcements, the, the Twitter sphere announcements of actual company news, unless it's scheduled company news, to be uh, shut down. Okay, again, that is unfair advantage uh, to, to to those, especially if you can tell somebody about it before you can announce it. You know, that's that they call that in the business f- front running the tape. Okay, so for example, if I know ABC Company is going to make a great announcement, or I know somebody's going to buy something, then if I buy in front of them, I'm, it's called front running the tape. So I'm front running somebody to go ahead and, 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 and profit. Okay. Now the position itself might be right either way, but I know that I can guarantee a profit. Okay. So again, those are things, those are things to me. See that, that to me, that's not illegal. That's cheating. Okay. And to me, there's, 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 you know, cheating is destroys uh, free enterprise. Okay. 
Uh, and and that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see the cheating. And, and again, I don't know that I'm not saying Elon Musk cheated because I don't know. I, I'm not saying anybody did benefit from it. I would be surprised if they didn't. All he did was he just wanted to stick. You know, he doesn't. What did he care? He's a billionaire. All he wanted to do is stick it, is stick it to the shorts. Okay. But again, I I think that the the way that we regulate is unfair practice as well. I think that the the big guys um, get away with a lot more than the little guys, and of course that's where you see them end up going out of business because the big guys tell the regulators to flip off and they pay their fine and move on. You know, I heard uh, 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 one of the pundits the other day talk about the whale trade from J.P. Morgan from years ago. And again, I always ask the question, does anybody here really believe that that was the first time that guy made that trade? Okay. Does anybody believe that? And if you do, I got a bridge to sell you. I assure you that guy made that same trade probably 500 times, probably made billions and billions of dollars. So the fine was just part of the trade. Okay. And if, if, if you believe that that was the first time he'd ever done that, you know, it's, you all know the story. I don't have to get into it, but it ain't the first time in my opinion. Okay, you know, it's it's always, you know, we we always did it. First time I ever did that. Never happened before. Okay, that that's what people like to say. You know, it's uh, it's it's the story. Okay, you know, I, I never I never cheated on a test before. I never stole something. First time. Can you believe it? I do it one time and I get caught. You know, just uh, so, you know, I, I just think that the the system from that standpoint has to change. And I think that that's, again, goes back to this whole situation. You know, even if we look at the trade wars, we wouldn't have trade wars if every market was free. If we didn't have governments intervening in the money, then the market would be free. We could be free to trade. But you've got quotas and tariffs and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff which create the trade war. But Why? That's the, that's something I could never understand. You know, when you know when I'd manufacture manufacture something in China, you know, it'd be six dollars. By the time I landed in in Chicago, it was twenty three dollars. So I was paying six dollars for the goods and seventeen dollars for miscellaneous crap. That makes sense to me. But again, who am I? I just, I'm just I'm just a guy. You know, I'm not an economist. I think I could do a better job than the economist, but I'm, I'm not an economist. I'm just a guy that you know that looks at it from a very simple perspective. You know, I think it's called common sense. And it would be nice to see some of our uh, our offices, you know, have some common sense. It would, it would like to, I'd like to see some of the people that are in charge here, uh, you know, have a little bit of common sense, like the Federal Reserve, which in my opinion has none. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, uh, some of the other people, you know, understand that, you know, why why are the lobbyists and, and, and the politicians so pissed about these trade wars? Well, because they got a piece of the action. That's why. So I'd like to see a little common sense. But in the meantime, this is the Bubba Show. And I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, always want to remind you to check out my station, Liberty Talk 
Radio.fm, uh, only station you'll ever need. We've got 24-hour day programming. You can download the Bubba Show there. You can download Sporting Edge and Crypto Investor X. And don't forget about our high school investing program. If you'd like to help us out, we're trying to educate our youth in America. Uh, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Bubba Trading. That's Patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. And help us out. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And we're going to step out here for a break. We'll be right back with more after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct. At Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwich, and let's go check out an appearance I did last night with Rural Rally Radio and my good old friend Marlon Bowling talking about grains, livestock, and today's USDA report. Here we go. Analyst Todd Bubba Horowitz of BubbaTrading.com in Chicago. We'll talk first about the grain sector, and I want to get your thoughts on this here. It seemed like with all the uh, decent, fairly bullish news you could throw at the market this morning, we opened up under pressure. Uh, are they keeping one eye on the reports coming up tomorrow and just scared to trade on that or what? Good evening, Marlon. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I think that markets have a way of pricing in the news ahead of time. And we've had a very nice rally. And, you know, so they saw the news, you know, the export sales were great, but they'd already priced that in. So you, you tie that in combination with uh, the reports coming out tomorrow. Uh, now, I think we'll see some action in the morning. You know, there'll be some people trying to pick sides of what they think is going to happen. And, and me personally, I'd like to see them sell them a little bit farther off because I'd like to be long into the report, but I will only do so if they sell them off before time. All right. So what about the technical structure of the charts as we head into report day? How are the things standing right now? Is everything fairly neutral or what? They look great. No, they look they look like they want to go higher. Uh, I think that you've seen, I believe we've seen the bottoms pretty much across the board. You know, my one concern for the entire year has been soybeans, but I think soybeans bottomed at 826 and basically just steadily higher. In fact, it's funny, I drew a line on my on my uh, chart just to show when I do my live webinars and we have never violated that, that uptrend line that we have. We just continue to crawl higher and I think they look great. I think corn looks really solid. It's just been consolidating basically this week back and forth around that 380 level, but I think it looks great. And I think wheat is, has, has looked the best and still looks absolutely the best out of the bunch. Uh, but to me, they're all going higher and I'm just, I just want to be a buyer of dips when they sell them off. Do you think the wheat seems a little toppy right now? I mean, it has come a long way. How much more upside do you think there may be yet? New highs, I think. I think that, that you know, that 593 print they put in in September wheat last week, 
I think it's just a marker where they're going to go take that out, you know, at some point here. You know, I'm not, I would not be surprised to see some cybers action. I would not be surprised to see a little bit of a sell-off back down a little bit. But again, we've had a nice rally. But of course, uh, we've been the strongest for the last year and a half or so anyways. And I would expect that 593 is going to be gone. I think we'll be have a six handle before it's all over. Well, I was going to say, I was looking back. If you're talking Chicago wheat on September, it looks like you go all the way back to, what, like July 5th, I believe, a year ago, and we had a high around 611. So you're thinking that may be in play? Oh, yeah. I think I think it's definitely in play. Again, I'm I, as I have been, uh, and, and the, the trade wars, I think, actually did me a favor. They created some more pressure here because, again, I don't think they're going to be a problem. I think they're going to be solved. And I think I'm going to be wrong here because I thought that China would come to the table before tomorrow. But I think China will be coming to the table sooner rather than later uh, to make a deal. And I think that will clean up the markets and really help us get a nice rally going. And we're starting to hear a little bit more talk now about problems with the wheat in the southern hemisphere, like Australia and India now, too, right? Uh, they're hearing that. I, I got news for you. I heard a few guys that I talked to told me, although the crop looked good from the outside, when they got into it, it didn't look as good. So that could create some some shortfalls as well, which obviously would push prices higher. And I think, again, we've been strong, and I think we're going to get stronger. And and to me, we're on the we're on the way up. And, and, and that we have not even seen yet the equity markets are to break, which is part of my thesis that, you know, a break in equities will bring even more new money into the grains. Okay, well, we have a lot more ground to cover, and we'll bring you back here in a little bit. I want to get your thoughts, too, on this livestock trade that occurred on Thursday. Our guest is Todd Bubba Horwitz. He's with BubbaTrading.com. He's located in Chicago. And let's take a moment. Commodity Wrap. I'm Marlon Bowling with Zach Troutman, our producer engineer, and we're talking with Todd Bubba Horwitz of BubbaTrading.com in Chicago. We're going to focus now on our livestock trade. Another down day in the cattle market. How hazardous is that here, Todd? I don't think it's hazardous at all. I, in, fa- in fact, as uh, sad as I am about it, I did actually buy uh, early. I thought that that 150 September was going to hold in the feeders. Uh, so again, I'm, I'm not concerned. I think that you know this might even be telling us that maybe the uh, the grain, the corn is going to go higher. But I think that fats, as I wrote last week, they should sell off a little bit. But overall, they look really solid as well. I mean, I think we're I think we're making new highs in both in both contracts. October cattle and uh, and, and September uh, feeders. I think we're going to go continue to go higher. There is no surprise that there was a little bit of selling pressure. I think they look really solid, and and of course the trend looks higher. And and, and in fact uh, today we pulled back down in my mind to the level I was looking for, which was 109 in October cattle. So I think it looks. I think they look really good. I'm I'm an anxious buyer. So are you thinking the cash cattle trade is just going to sit on its hands until after the USDA reports come out tomorrow? Uh, they may do that. Again, you know, you, you never really know what they're trying to do. Usually there's there's an agenda behind some of the action that happens. That's one of the nice things about the futures market is it's always pure. It's always exact because there's always a buyer and a seller. It's not somebody saying, well, I'm going to do X and maybe not do it. So I, I think that the markets look really solid. I think the, the pullback in, in fats was, was exactly on target and should bounce from there. And I think that the uh, the pullback in feeders, although a little bit concerning, I think they will continue to move their way higher as well. I think we want to take out that 155 level in feeders, and I think we'll take out that 113 level in uh, fats pretty quickly here. And now we get to the hogs. 
what came first, the rally in the carcasses and the belly market or the limit uptrade on the futures? Well, I think that I called for the, I said, I'm long hogs. I need the biggest barbecue in the world. And we got, we, we got, we got it. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, you could see that they were a little bit depressed and continued to push down. And at some point you're going to get this rally. The, the real curious thing I want to see from here, Marlon, is can they sustain the rally? And I don't expect obviously you limit up again tomorrow. But I do would like to make sure that they don't collapse and go all the way back down again. I think the bottoms are in. I, I, I had seen some, you know, some pure, pure signs. A few people would call me with some fear in their heart. Uh, the, I, we call it the rattle, you know, the, the death rattle when people start to get nervous and want to get ready to sell. And, and to me, that's more of a sign that they're, that the bottoms are in. And I do think the bottoms are in. Although I've been wrong recently, as I've been you know looking for bottoms you know in the in the low fifties, but I think in the high forties is the bottom, and I'm certainly going to continue to be a buyer and look for higher prices. I think we take the highs out here as well, uh, you know the recent highs, not the all time highs. But I think we take out the recent highs here. I think you're going to see buyers step back in, and I would be not at all surprised to see you know fifty four fifty five next week. Now, when you look at the close on the lean hogs, we only had October, and then you have to go a few months out where we had April closing limit up. But I'm guessing that does mean expanded limits tomorrow? Uh, yes, I think so. I, I think that's how they, how they work it. I don't, I don't always pay attention. I, I don't get in that many limit up moves. So, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's what, how it works out. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, if the investors want to jump back in there again after getting uh, burned several times over the past uh, two or three weeks. So, uh, hey, thanks for helping us navigate the waters here on the Ag Trade on Thursday. We've been talking with Todd Bubba Horwitz, and he is with BubbaTrading.com. He's located in Chicago. Now let's step back. And, and of course, you heard my thoughts, which are always very consistent with what I said earlier. One thing you will know when I talk about markets, I am not changing my mind unless there's a reason to change my mind, and then I'll make it very clear as to why. I think that the ag markets are the place to be. I think they're going higher. I think that uh, every dip should be used as an opportunity to be a buyer, uh, pretty much across the board. I don't see uh, a, a lot of reason to be uh, to be concerned, yes, I understand that the, the trade wars, I understand some of the issues that are going on, but at the end of the day, uh, we can see how the markets have reacted. So why should I be worried? I think that when you see equities, which I believe at some point you know, in my lifetime, that might sell off again. I think what you'll see is you'll see a lot of that money flow into the uh, into the grains and livestock because that's that's the great spot for alternative investing. Uh, I think you'll see China uh, become part of the deal. I think you're going to start to see all the for all these reasons. I think you're looking at an, an obvious uh, spot to be, and I think that's what we want to look for. Um, you know, is where is the greatest opportunity? And I think right now, you know, there's no greater opportunity. Uh, because I think when you look at the picture, the picture is saying that, hey, I need to, I want to invest my money. Okay. We've also got, you know, a growing population in, you know, globally, uh, more people are reaching the, the protein pl place where they need to eat and they want better food. So for all those reasons, I think that we're looking for, you know, higher commodity prices, higher grain prices. And I think that again, when everything works itself out, which I am very confident that it will, I think we'll see 
a lot of those higher prices. And I think that's something that, you know, we want to make sure we check out. And just uh, as a reminder, as an aside, uh, check out uh, Uh We're doing a, a, uh, a webinar tomorrow on our brand new futures software. Okay, that the, the, the link is posted there. You can sign up and check it out if you'd like. Uh, but uh, actually, we've automated uh, part of our processes. So we've got some good algorithms going. So if you want to make sure you check that out, you can, it's a free webinar. You get to listen to me bitch for an hour. <laughs> but in the meantime, don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. It's the only station you need. We've got a full 24-hour day programming and uh, a lot of great uh, spots. And, of course, then you get to Sporting Edge on the weekends, the Bubba Show every day, and the Crypto Investor X over the weekend. So make sure you check that out. And, of course, don't forget to get... Uh, Bubba's Daily Update, when you're checking out Bubba Trading to get that uh, that link for the webinar, also want you to sign up for uh, my daily updates, which are free. No credit card required. All you do is just fill out the form that pops up, and you can come in and, uh, and, and get my updates, which is a three- to five-minute video each and every day. In the meantime, we're going to step out here for a break. This is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Orwitz. We'll be right back with more after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Orwitz. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And it's time for the one, the only, the unbelievably talented, Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kitchen Report. What's up, Jane King? Oh, hey, doing great. And um, I, I think there should be a law against pumpkin spice latte before Labor Day. Did you hear Starbucks is going to release it on August 28th? Like, come on. They're not even pumpkins out yet. You know what? I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm, bar- I'm banning Starbucks anyways because, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I went there yesterday. I don't usually go there, but I went there. I was out, and I, I wanted a, a Frappuccino, okay? And I went to this one that's a drive through only, and I didn't see the place where you drive in to get, you know, the, the order. So I thought you just drove to the window. So I wait in line for 15 minutes at the window, and there's like 30 cars behind me. And I said, the guy said, you're supposed to order. I said, I didn't see it. He says, well, I'm sorry. You have to go all the way around again. <laughs> so I, oh, my God. You can imagine what I told him. But anyways. so I'm That's not, good customer service for you. <laughs> they're, ban- they're banned from, from my money. They're never getting another dime okay. from me, as, as you know. So anyways. Uh, there's a lot of good coffee places out there. <laughs> you don't need McDonald's is just as good, actually. The Frappuccinos are very there good at go. McDonald's. So yeah. what's up? What's, what's the word? What do, we, what do we have exciting? Anything going on that, uh, that, that has excited you this week? Well, is I, I think it's very interesting that uh, the Nasdaq and the S and P are close to record highs, and the Dow is not far away. And the world's going to end, according to some people. You know, trade issues are going to lead to wars, and you know everybody's going to be eating worms. And I mean, here we are with the stock market completely shrugging it off. And I think the market thinks that. I mean, it looks like we might have something with Mexico soon. That opens the door to some deals with Canada. And um, and then all of a sudden, now that we've got something with the European Union, that leaves China kind of by itself. And uh, by the way, uh, Reuters reporting that China is probably going to have to buy some U.S. soybeans in the next few weeks. So it's exactly what I heard from those Indiana farmer friends that I talked to a couple weeks ago. Listen, you know that that it's we call it the Trump backdoor TPT program at, at his way, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, 
I mean, it's you know, it seems to be working. The market certainly isn't upset. If, if the trade issues really going to lead to catastrophe, the market would definitely react to it. So 100%. here we are. Listen, I say that all the time. The easiest thing to watch, not only the stock market, you watch the grain markets and the grains. Yes, they got hit early, but they're all rallying significantly. So uh, again, you can you can look at it any way you want. But one thing you and I both know from being in the business, the market is always right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so that's what we look at. So, I want, I want I'm going to be curious if you followed that store story between uh, Charles Kirk and, and Candace Wood when they got uh, kind of egged and watered in in Philadelphia mm-hmm. by Artifa, I guess they call that. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I've actually interviewed Charlie Kirk, and I mean, he's a great guy, super smart. He's doing some work in the tech space, too, which is what the interview was about. It wasn't even about politics, but uh, just super impressive guy. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick. I'm sick of these people. I'm sick. And, and you know, I, I kind of started getting this revelation uh, lately. So you're familiar with the woman the New York Times hired to be on there. I think it's editorial board or something that she came from The Verge and had all these racist tweets and stuff. So, I mean, I was reading some of her tweets and I'm like, is this for real? Like, and it just kind of occurred to me that I really think there's what's happened in the media is a lot of these people have learned that the way to make money and get fame in the media now is just to antagonize people. And I mean, all of a sudden, everybody's talking about her. People know her name. She's getting a higher profile. She could probably write a book. I mean, if you're saying negative stuff about people, half the people are going to love you for it. I'm sure her followers have gone up tremendously. I think the same thing with Alex Jones. I mean, I know, you know, he's got a lot of kind of, you know, out there controversial theories about stuff. Um, and I don't think he believes half of them. But people know who he is. Uh, Jim Acosta was on the Stephen Colbert show. I mean, he'll probably have a book deal soon. This has become, in, in the journalistic news media, a way to raise your profile, make a lot of money, get speaking engagements, get a book deal, and just become more famous and rich. And um, I think that this has become a little cottage industry. Hate Trump, be racist against white people, and you can make a lot of money. Now, I thought it interesting, and, and I believe this, but I saw Charlie Kirk was on Varney, and you know, Varney keeps saying Charlie Kirk are president in 20 years, right? Which he looks like, <laughs> looks like that's years, where, right, yeah. it looks like that's where he's headed. But in the meantime, Charlie Kirk, they believe that these, Antifa or Artifa, which one? What, what, I think it's Antifa. Whatever, whatever they are, they are they're paid. Right. They're paid like twenty bucks an hour. Did you know that? Oh well, I'm not surprised, and I know that a lot of these protesters are paid. I know George Soros is behind that in some form or another, at least part of the protesters. I mean, it's just you know, it's just disgusting. And they did the right thing by not reacting. They did the right thing by video them. I, I love the fact that they had their phones up and we're showing people exactly what they're doing. I mean, it's just disgusting. And, you know, it's just, I can't believe this is the country we live in. I can't believe this is the world we live in, um, that people act like this and embarrass people when they're out having a cup of coffee. I mean, it's, I would think that this would hurt the Democrat Party. And I think it has hurt the radical wing of the Democrat Party. I mean, if you look at the elections on Tuesday, I mean, the socialists just got shut down. Well, everybody's watching Venezuela. Can you imagine what's going on there? And the people are trying to, some of them are trying to get into Colombia. Is there a worse time to be a socialist? I mean, you see people fleeing Venezuela. You see people waiting in line for toilet paper and water, and they've got a million percent inflation. I mean, how can anybody seriously go out there and say that's the answer, that that economic 
uh, program and model is what America needs. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. And, you know, all those people have had their moment in the sun and now everybody's just tired of them and they're going to get shut down. I hope so. I mean, again, you know, unfortunately that, you know, people still believe in it, but hopefully they'll get shut down. And of course, you and I both know now the markets are very strong and the economy is stronger and things look really good. But you and I both know that the stock market cannot continue to go up straight up forever, can it? Uh, Well, no, Um, you know, it can't. I mean, but the question is, how much does it correct? Um, does it just hold steady for a long time? I mean, sometimes the correction is it just doesn't go anywhere for a while, which is, I think, what we've seen in 2018. I mean, we had, what, like 70-something record highs in 2017. That was crazy. In 2018, it's been just kind of, um, you know, we hit the high in late January, and, um, you know, I've just been trading in like a you know, 2,000 point range or so in the Dow since then. So, I mean, a correction doesn't have to be down 20%. It can just be go nowhere for a while. I think I think a lot of it depends on how the elections turn out, um, because if we can keep Republicans in the Senate and the House, I mean, that increases the likelihood of tax reform again, more, you know, a, a lessening again of regulations, all the things that the market loves so much. In 2017, we might see round two of that. So that would help the markets. But you know, the elections, it's a little iffy. We'll see what happens in November. Can we do another round of tax cuts? I mean, you know, obviously my concern is the amount of debt that we're creating and that there's really no way out. Can we do another round of tax cuts? I don't think we can do another round of tax cuts unless we implement some serious uh, budget cuts. Um, I, th- I think it's, resp- it's irresponsible to be spending what we're spending anyway in the government. I mean, can't you tell me there's tons of waste out there that could be eliminated that people would even notice, um, let alone the stuff that really needs to be cut. So I, I think they have to bring those two together. And if you do that, I mean, you have a lot of people on board. No, I, I, I would look at, I, you, we're never going to cut. Why? Because the politicians are too worried about getting reelected. So they're not going to make cuts that are going to hurt their constituents. So, we, I mean, again, this is the real, this is the real problem that I see is that we don't cut this because I'm worried about getting elected. So I've got to make this, you know, it's all this, what do they call that? The, uh, what's the, what's the term I'm thinking of? Uh, the sausage making, right? Oh, the sausage making. <laughs> well, I mean, if, we're not going to be able to say, okay, starting in 2019, no more Social Security benefits. I mean, it's just, you know, nobody's going to do that. It's unfair to people. Um, but you could maybe start saying in 2024, we're going to start reducing Social Security benefits by X percent and phase them out. Um, so I think, you know, we, we have to <laughs> we have to be responsible. I mean, this you know, money's still money, no matter if you're the U.S. government or not. I mean, um, it's still math, and you have to figure out, you know, how you're going to balance all this in the end. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfectly balanced, but it's so out of whack that it can't be sustained. And we have to do this for the future generation. People did it for us. I mean, the greatest generation did this for us, and we're just like, yeah, thanks. You know, now we're going to take whatever we want. I mean, it's terrible behavior. It's irresponsible. And I mean, we have to, you know, we have to figure it out, but we have to be compassionate about it, too. It's where we're at. The words according to Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report. Jane King, thank you so much. Thanks, Todd. This is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the PGA. We'll see you back here on Monday with more of the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you later. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.